Hi everybody, welcome to Season 4, Episode 6 of the Hobby Lobby Trading Post Podcast. Thank you guys so much for being here. And you know what? I have some big news. Season 5, we're starting out with another name. So we begin Seasons 1 through 3 as Terraxicum Officinal, which is the Latin word for dandelion. Something very close to Allison's heart. And you'll have to go back and listen to those episodes to hear more about that. Um, This season, we have been the Hobby Lobby Trading Post, which is a little bit of a mouthful. So I am trying to be creative and come up with a new name for season five. If you have any suggestions, find us on Instagram under Hobby Lobby Trading Post. And please send me a DM and let me know if you have any great ideas that you want to share. Because can you imagine listening to our podcast next year in 2021 under the name that you suggested? How exciting will that be? So if you are a longtime listener, you'll notice this intro is a little bit different than our usual good morning. Uh, We are recording later in the evening on Monday, and that was to accommodate a different time zone that our special guest today, Josh Hamilton, lives in. He is on the other side of the world, which if you've listened before, you know I'm a flat earther and I just can't fathom that concept. (laughs) It's kind of a joke, kind of not a joke. Uh, So another thing you'll notice that's different today is a little bit of editing. It's not going to be heavily edited. I just have done this introduction and then we're going straight through without any other editing. So it's the same format that you're used to. And I believe in season five, we're going to be doing a little bit more editing. And we might test that a little bit out. Test it out a little bit. See, this is why editing is a good thing. We might test that out a little bit next week with our guests but we'll see how things go so without further ado thanks for joining us and let's get to it i'm so tired oh i feel you today is like literally my first day off and i feel like two weeks and then i was in barry and like the people and i just i'm like wow being in the city but I needed to get it done now instead of waiting because I feel like it's just going to continue to get busier up until Christmas. So that's how, like, when we go back to Toronto, it's just like, hey, Josh. Hi, Alexia. How are you? I was just good, good. I was just saying to Ali, like, sorry, I was just saying to her, when, we, when I go back to the city now, like, it's it's just crazy culture shock because I'm, like, in a small little town now. But sorry, Josh, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. So, okay, I have a few questions for you because I know not a lot about you. And so uh, this is my podcast partner, Allison. She's on the recording too. Awesome. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Awesome, thanks. Awesome. That's We're both great. sort of like small town people. Sorry for interrupting, Allie. Oh, no We're worries. both kind of small town people. And I, so I wanted to ask you, like, where did you grow up and, and where are you from now? Where do you live now? That's funny. We were just talking about ourselves, where we are. I'm in a I'm in a pretty small town myself. About I don't know how small is for you. We're about sixty five thousand in a place called New Plymouth in New Zealand. That's big. That's yeah, there you go. That's big. <laughs> and is that where you grew up? Well, I guess went to a school with about two hundred kids, so that's probably still big. It was called the country school of where I was from. Oh yeah, that is tiny. Two hundred people is tiny. Okay. I think I think your schools are a little different though like the way like I think do you do it from like kindergarten to up 
No, I usually do like kindergarten, then you go to primary school. Some primary schools have like an intermediate, or you might go to your separate intermediate, and then you go off to high school, and then some people go to uni or straight into work or travel, or that's kind of the normal Kiwi thing. I love your voice. <laughs> oh, yeah, Kiwis. So that's New Zealand, right? Yeah, that's New Zealand, yeah. I wasn't 100% sure if you're from New Zealand or Australia, and I know it's not good to mix those two up. Yeah, I, I have a cousin. Go, yeah, I always say, like, go with Kiwi first because then it's a compliment for the Australians. Exactly. It's like calling, <laughs> like, okay, so we're Canadian. Yeah. And it's like, I, I consider it the equivalent. Like, people from New Zealand are like people from Canada. They don't want to be called American, no. just like New Zealanders don't want to be called Australian. <laughs> <laughs> so, so where are you girls from? Well, I live in Niagara Falls, nice. which um, there's a big, huge waterfall here. Yeah. It's well known around the world. Yeah. But um, I was living in Toronto when the, before the pandemic hit. And then I grew up in a small little town of 1,600 people. And I think that's wow. kind of like an average small town around here. Wow. Yeah. I'll let Allie. Sorry, go ahead, Allie. Oh, and I'm just in like a small little town, probably about an hour north of Toronto called Creemore. So like my town is like literally maybe a thousand people, not even. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, really awesome. tiny. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> And it's 5 p.m. on Monday where we are, and it's just getting dark. Like, I'm curious about, okay, Canadians, we love to talk about the weather. I'm curious, do you guys have, like, really short days right now? Or you're going into summer, so I guess, do you have longer days? Yeah, we're in the days now. Long. You're in the longer days, okay. Because I, when I went to visit Costa Rica, all their days there are exactly the same. Did you guys know that? From, like, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., the sun is out. And then from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., the sun is down. And it's like that 365 days a year. Yeah. The closer you get to the quieter, the less it changes. So, I, yeah. And, I mean, I'm a flat earther, so I'm not, like, quite sure about all of that stuff anyway. Like, it all – geography all confuses me because I'm a flat earther. Yeah. <laughs> AK, I know – I'm not actually a flat earther. I'm joking. Yeah. I don't know, I just, I don't know much about – you'd go that way. <laughs> I don't know much about the world and, and about geography, if I'm honest. So – so, yeah, I, was, I don't know much about New Zealand. I have a cousin that lives there. And I just remember they loved Winnie the Pooh, which is Canadian. Is that, like, just her? Or is that I like did a not know New that Winnie the Pooh was Canadian. That is news yeah. to me. Wow. <laughs> yeah, the, the town is White River. Where it was created is White River. I actually have driven through it. And they have, like, a Winnie the Pooh monument. <laughs> oh, cool. White River where they have the amazing little ski field. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. It was like very north and it, I only went through on the highway. So I don't know that part. But Is Winnie the Pooh popular in New Zealand? Sorry. Uh, I guess he was as a kid. Yeah, for sure. Winnie the Pooh and Pooh. I thought so. And T.I. Yeah. Tigger. It's Canadian. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> I just need to confirm that. I think there's a lot of like green and like the Hobbit. Isn't there like a Hobbit thing over there? Yeah, Hobbit, Lord of the Rings. I've always said New Zealand's like a mini Canada, really. Mm, nice. Yeah. Have you been to Canada? Yeah, I spent a couple of years in Canada, a little bit of time in Revelstoke, uh, okay. a couple of seasons there. And then, Where is that? Uh, British Columbia. Yeah. Uh, oh. Seminam and so have you Columbia. heard of Sycamus? Yeah. So my yeah. brother, my brother lives out in Sycamus, so that's interesting. Oh, wow. And my uncle's in Kelowna, so that's a 
awesome area. Sweet. Yeah, I was there for uh, when the Winter Winter Olympics came through. Oh wow! Yeah, they brought the they brought the um gosh, the torch through Revelstoke. It was were cool. You, were you working? Uh, when was I there? The first time I was in Revelstoke, I was not working, and I was just there for the ski season. And then the second time, <laughs> I came to Revelstoke for a couple of weeks and got a job back in New Zealand, so flew back home and then came back over, and we moved from Revelstoke to Whistler. So I was working when I arrived in Whistler for a year. So were you a snowboarder or a skier? Skier. Very nice. Yeah. I thought you said you were working at the Olympics. My bad. So... You mean, were you working at a ski resort then when in Whistler? I, yeah, in Whistler, I was working at the Four Seasons. Oh, cool. I was there for a while. It was good. It was actually a great job, probably one of the best jobs I've had, apart from the job I have now. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I like, think, go ahead. Ed. No, no, sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. I think I was out in Whistler at that time, to be honest oh, with really? you. Yeah, oh, wow. because I remember being in Whistler Village with the Olympic rings, and I celebrated my 25th birthday there. Nice. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, so that's like that's awesome place. That's cool that you did that. And sorry, Alicia, I didn't mean to cut you. No, I was just gonna ask what your full time or not like not full time. Sorry, what your job is now? Is Body IQ your job? Yeah, so that's that's cool. my company name, and then I I run a program called the Hero's Journey, which is holistic lifestyle coaching for entrepreneurs. So wow. yeah, that's that's my main gig now. And how did you? The hero's journey, that sounds very inspiring. How did you start that? It happened through, I first started out in education. I was a teacher originally. And so um, from that career, I kind of got pretty inspired to do what I do now in terms of, I just used to watch kids really. And they, when I was teaching them mathematics and PE, when you when they kind of grasp a concept and they really switch on, like many people, you can't, you have to explain something in many different ways, like one thing in many different ways. And you watch a kid light up when they click onto something and they start to love learning or they start to understand mm. something and become really proud of that. And then I noticed that that was just the favorite thing that I love to do. And I started moving more and more into coaching. Then I started, it was in hockey and sport. And then I started um, working with people in physical therapy through helping them fix their backs and things like that. And then I, naturally moved into the kind of mindset spirituality realm and um, ended up leaving teaching about oh, a while ago now and moved and started started my own business, which was Body IQ. And then I developed through um, through my own work, working underneath a guy called Paul Check, who's actually from uh, San Diego in America. And um, yeah, Joseph Campbell was actually the guy who, who named the thing, the hero's journey. And then I kind of took it and... Um, created my program around that so i just um googled the hero's journey and i think this is something that's really going to resonate with um i'm like i'm like so excited as you're talking because this is totally along the lines like i love this i was gonna be like yeah where did you where do you you find these people (laughs) (laughs) i am so totally not like an internet person but like i love being connected to people like this because like i am a reiki master live a very spiritual lifestyle so please tell me more (laughs) (laughs) well you you probably you probably enjoy a bit of paul check's work then he does studying under him and under a few of his i call them disciples his his faculty members um 
he looked at the two sides, like the yin and the yang. So the yang's very physical. It's all the movement stuff and the it's all done very holistically, all through nutrition, mindset, movement, all those things. He has what called the four doctors, and it's the four doctors you ever need, Dr. Happy, Dr. Quant, Dr. Movement, Dr. Diet. And we work with those, and then he's got the very yin side, which is uh, on his own journey. He's probably quite quite a lot further into the kind of shamanism side of of that. And um, from underneath him, I sort of branched out and work under a lady called Joanna Rushton, which is one of his faculty members who does um, a lot of masculine and feminine work and the, and the threefold flame and things like that. So I've integrated much of that into the hero's journey. And if the hero's journey, you talked about the Hobbit before, it's such a, any great story always has the hero journey in it where, you know, you get a bit of a call, something happens in your life or you just find yourself losing a bit of passion or you don't understand what's next for you. And there's that little crisis in life and it's crisis uh, are just points of absolute beauty in our lives. But what often happens is that we've come up in such a society that we are now that we get lost in the crisis. Exactly. I, exactly. I, I know what you are saying. Cause I literally say the exact same thing. Um, yeah. But I've heard of Paul Check, so but I heard of Paul Check like maybe a year ago. I was yeah. in I was in a sushi place, and the guy beside me was reading a Paul Check book, or he had like a manual because he had done some workshop with Paul Check, or wow. and he and he let me look through it. So like as you're talking this, it's giving me like oh my gosh, like. I'm so like I don't even know where to begin because I'm just so excited. I have a question. I missed, you mentioned the four doctors and I like that, but I missed the second one. So was Dr. Diet was the first yes, one? You got, you, got, you got Dr. Happy's kind of like the steering wheel and the other ones are just three wheels really because you Dr. You Dr. Happy is, you know, your North Star, your overarching dream. It's so key to have. Nice. And, you know, some people get lost and they don't have a dream and you just focus on what they don't want. It's also a great place to start for people. You know, the nightmare, in other words. But then you've got Dr. Diet, Dr. Movement, and Dr. Quiet. Quiet. Yeah. I think that's maybe the one I missed. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Dr. Quiet intrigues me. I, could you elaborate a little bit more on that one? Yeah, probably in our world as it is, is one of the most important ones because he's the most left out in terms of because of all the things that we want, the way we've created our lives, whether it's through debt and now we need to work continuously and we can't afford any time, we have no time to reflect and no time for Mr. Quiet. So as Ali was saying, you know, people get locked into their crises and rather than it being a, a great rebirth and a great time for reflection and moving into another stage of life, it just becomes a deep dark hole because there's no hmm. Dr. Quiet. We have to. That's yeah, lovely. we have to take that time. It's like I like to work with like the moon phases, right? So it's always that dark, yeah. dark phase before the rebirth. Yeah, perfect. right, right. Absolutely. And it, it, it's just it's something that we're not taught right now. And I really like I love. I'm gonna have to look up your stuff because 
I love what you're saying. <laughs> so it's funny you guys both mentioned The Hobbit. I love like I've never read the books. Don't don't judge me guys. I've only seen the movies. But last night I just randomly looked up something called the Icelandic sagas, sagas. Okay. Not sure if I'm saying it right. Saga, saga, tomato, tomato. And The Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings are based on the Icelandic sagas, which are these really old uh, legends which have been put into word and it was talking about like it was the the vikings lived through the ice age right and when they settled in iceland is when they say there was this big burst of art in history and it just made me think that's what i believe this period that we're going to go through is going to be like i have spent a lot of time in the automation world with robots and machines and and things that are very not human. And so I've been thinking to myself, what is the next revolution going to be like? And I think there will be a lot of people making art. So when I read that the Icelandic sagas in that period of time in history, there was just a burst, they say a burst of art, like nothing that's ever happened before. I thought that's what's going to happen now. Um, So I think that that will be like kind of the light to this dark period that people... Well, people are... People are really being given a chance to find their passion, right? But like that that's the thing is like we do get stuck in that darkness that people can't find it. And like really it's all within us, but I don't know. We live in such a fast-paced world. Like I don't know how things are over on your side of the world, but it just it seems like I don't know. There's a lot of depression and anxiety and we're a lot of masking the symptoms instead of getting to the bottom of them absolutely yeah and in my part of the world it's it's just as i said like a mini version somewhere else it's still people wear the busy badge and it's all about rushing around trying to get the next thing rather than sitting down and reflecting on the true values of what make us happy and where we want to go hmm and are you guys in a lockdown kind of situation where you are? The too? country you can't fly into. Well, you, you can fly into, but then you've got to spend two weeks in a hotel and then you have to pay for it if you're not a Kiwi citizen. So I'd still say we're pretty – like it's – there's no no real restrictions within the country, but it's super strict, yeah. obviously, getting here. So it's oh okay, it's different. And mask wearing? Are you guys doing the mask no, wearing? No masks. Oh, that's awesome. I hate wearing the masks a lot. <laughs> yeah. I don't so like would it. you consider yourself a shaman? <laughs> Part of my ego would love to say so, but no. I would uh, just, I feel there's elements to it and a depth to it that I have not achieved at my level yet. I am, um, I actually just started a shaman course and I've mm. been doing i've been doing some of that stuff as well so i'm i'm having a big problem with labels right now because i just feel like everybody is labeling themselves without doing that work right and Mm. it's 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 a journey right so let's let's get there (laughs) i'd have to agree it was one of the biggest things that held me back from getting into the work that i did i never wanted to be considered what people call a life coach because yeah. I just, I knew my judgment of that label was that I've got my life so figured out, I can tell you how to live yours. And that's, 
and that's definitely not the job of a life coach, sure, but it's certainly those things that cross your mind. And as you said, you know, we we do live in the you know the world of the interweb, and it's you know you can label yourself whatever you want, but it's really it's really doing the deep work that makes the difference. And I feel I I definitely resonate with the with the term shaman, but I have a lot of judgments about what that looks like and that I need to let go of. And I see. For, for me personally, it's definitely that ability to remove everything that sits around my heart and open up to a truth base where I can serve somebody without any bias in, in my world. Ooh, I really, my yeah, favorite word. I really, <laughs> I really appreciate that. Yeah. I really, 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 really do. Cause uh, that's something like I, I only got into my journey maybe about two, three years ago now. And um, like, I don't, I guess, offer my services. And the one thing that you're talking about is calling yourself a life coach is I don't want to use the word coach or mentor mm. because I've worked with coaches and mentors. And like, to me, I though what I'm leaning toward is I want to be an earth guide for your spiritual awakening. Nice. Right. Like that. Because that way it like takes that like, it takes like, cause I'm still learning too. Right. Like, but I Absolutely. can share my knowledge and my journey like with you. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I really wanted to make sure like I'm drawn to witch stuff. I'm drawn to Egypt stuff. I'm drawn to shaman stuff. I'm drawn to everything. Like I'm a holistic massage therapist. So when you talk about the body, I've learned um, myomassology, cranial sacral therapy, Indian head massage, contraction release therapy and like there's so much when you get into this world and I had no idea <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's pretty bottomless it's pretty bottomless oh man like uh, I, I don't even know like it's just every day it's like I'm just so honored and I'm so blessed to have woken up to this and to be able to meet people and get connected like with you like thank you Alicia like it's so amazing because like I would have never thought this was possible. <laughs> I'm happy to introduce you to and how did you fall into this world Josh? Not the world I mean like this world of spirituality. Yeah. You say it's bottomless so that's why I chose the word yeah, fall into. It, it's such, I often think about this because people you read through stories you read through like the work of other people have gone through this and they often talk about spirituality is is kind of the work of people who have suffered like you usually suffer at yeah. some level to to develop I, some kind of spiritual awakening oh. i can speak to that i've had a lot of trauma so like yeah. yes it's true <laughs> but unusually enough i have probably had one of the most blessed lives I can imagine I've had an extremely loving family. I've had, you know, a great education. I have beautiful people around me and I never, I've never had to want for things in a way that many people do in their life. And I actually, it was, that was one of my things that I had to work on. I often felt guilty or had to do something to, to deserve or earn the things that I have in my life. And um, it was, the, the path for me was, I used to ask the question, why am I so happy? Why do I get to be like this when there are so many people suffering? 
And so what drew me into it was watching those kids click and, and get that joy from that. And then, and then just start to look, I'm like, there's got to be a recipe. There's got to be a recipe for joy. And so I, that was, that was the start of my, I guess people would call it an awakening. I'm like, I'm going to go find this. There's got to be a recipe. And, uh, it took years and I would say that good news and bad news, there is not a recipe, but in a way there is, there is. <laughs> and that's why I love Joseph Campbell's concept of the hero's journey, because it is a structure to, to a recipe that can create joy but in the realization that there is on the other side of joy there the polarity the polarity there has to be suffering yeah and through suffering you get integration and through integration you get fulfillment and through fulfillment you experience joy well i have not met you sorry i just want to say this quick i haven't met you you have a very positiveness about you though which definitely um made me want to like stay in touch with you and I believe we met through the Bob Proctor group on Facebook, yeah. I think. And I have met now three people through there. And two are a little bit negative, I have to say. And I, and I know they're, they're aiming for that positive life. And my, I myself, I can tend to fall under that negative category too. So I think you definitely stand out that way that you have very positiveness about you thanks alicia appreciate it you can i can just feel it like i don't even have to be around you and it's like you just feel it like thanks it's it's much appreciated it's kind of my you exude it one of my goals (laughs) 2021 yeah the big goal for 2021 coming back from overseas and and kind of putting some feet down at the moment was just right how do i love harder I just I just want to love harder this year. So that I'm like, how do I how do I take that kind of etherical goal and put it into the more realm of the physical and put it into practice? So I'm I'm glad to hear the. Was it difficult for you? Sorry, I'm I'm always uh, moving on with the questions. It's just what I do. <laughs> um, was it difficult for you to quit teaching because it sounds like you got a lot of um, happiness out of that, but you made the decision to not do that anymore. So how, how did you make that decision? Yeah, it was, it's unusual because it's still something that I toy with, especially when you come back into a world where other people look at your, they see some strengths in you that they really enjoy and they'll push you that way. So being away, you're able to look at what you mm-hmm. really want to do. And I would say I'd never leave teaching fully. Like I come back, I go straight back to my old school and I see the teachers and I see the boys and it's just fantastic. A lot of, hmm. there was a lot of fear there. Like one, you've got security. Teaching is a great secure job. Um, but at the same time, I I wasn't aligned with where education was taking kids. And I just, I was hmm. like, I don't know if this is for me. And there's just not enough wiggle room. And when I saw what could happen to what you could do with an adult and, and change their perspective very quickly, it was like, wow. I can do this. And my ultimate goal is to continue doing the work that I do and slowly but surely figure out these really strong pinpoints and then take it back as a program to help children basically learn earlier. So when they hit these crises, I don't ever want to eliminate suffering in terms of crisis in the world because I think it's such an opportunity for people. I just want to make sure that people know when they hit there, they're not up shit's creek without a paddle. They're like, sweet. You know, I'm I'm good to go here. I know what to do. I know I know how my thinking works. 
I just need to pursue this or do this or ask these questions. And it's a, uh, you teach a kid to to heal. We just don't get taught that stuff. It'd be too. It would be too easy if they taught us that, right? Yeah, yeah it's like, <laughs> oh, wow. oh, you know. But we're also kind of we're we're also healing from a lot of generational karma too, right? Like yeah. there, that comes into the mix where seven generations back, seven generations forward. Like I know part of my work has been healing ancestral karma for sure. Yeah. <laughs> And and I call that I call it generational wealth. Yeah, you, know, you break a chain, and it's you. You get to start a level higher, and then your kids, you know, they get to start at that next level where you are now, and they break more chains. And it's just a, it makes me so excited. Yeah, it's massive. <laughs> like I literally have to say, like this year was about learning to love myself, and like I'm very excited for the future. Like it. There's so much, there is so much, um, like in children, there's so much promise and we, Oh yeah. Right. Every child I believe, uh, born after 2020 is part of a, a new era. I had two people born in my family this year in 2020. And, um, yeah, Josh, I mentioned that my background is in machines and automation. It's not, it doesn't necessarily align with what you guys are talking about, but it's, it all comes together because it's energy and it's everything. And you said that you, you're interested in eliminating bias. And I thought that was so interesting or not, sorry, eliminating your own biases. Well, that is the goal of artificial intelligence. I say it you all do. the time in our podcast. <laughs> and when, when I know, and when they do that, there will, it will eliminate the need for politicians, lawyers, and all of these jobs that cause a lot of like turmoil in the world. And I believe that will, like, artificial intelligence gives the world the opportunity to kind of be at peace and for people to really live their purpose. Wow. It's just, I don't know, something I think is exciting for this new generation of, of kids being born right now. That's such a cool perspective. I never <sighs> ever thought about it that way. I never thought about it that way. I was just introduced to the idea in January of 2020, and it's just been constantly on my mind almost but I feel like it does give us the opportunity to actually find what we love but people have to be ready right like because sure like it's going to be a shock when we lose our jobs but it's like there is so much available out to you like my parents were both entrepreneurs growing up so I think that's why I've always been so art like I am also an artist so I create with all sorts of things like butterflies and dragonflies and crystals and I don't know, you name it. It's always something new and different. Um, But that's why I knew I would be okay when the world shut down because I have other means to bring work in. Right. Like, um, yeah. Unlike me, like when the, when I lost my job in March, I was pretty lost. And but you are also creative. So, so it's you nice. do totally have a creative side and you are a hustler. So, but it's just, it's just different. Well, yeah, I started <laughs> business in January and it failed. And then I started something else and it failed. And like, it's kind of been a, a process this year of like, of startup and then fail, startup and fail, but I don't feel bad about it. And it's nice what you said, Josh, too, like, that we kind of have to go through these crises to find like our purpose, I guess. 
No, you didn't say purpose. I just said purpose because that's what we say all the time on here. And that's the the purpose thing is such an interesting space because as I've gone on, I guess I was one who looked for that and thought, you know, do I have a greater purpose? And then I realized that I was just like, for me in my stage of life, my purpose is me in in every facet to go deeper, to understand myself more, to to break more chains, to, you know, reach the end of my life and go, okay, yeah, you gave that a real good nudge. And that that's probably my biggest fear to be sitting on a couch at the end of my life going, looking back and going, Oh, did you, did you really give that a go? Did you really give that a go? That's so perfect. Like our, our themes, we've had kind of themes every season of the podcast. So we're, this is our season four. And the first season we said, you know, you, you create your environment. And the second season we said, you're a product. Oh shoot. How did this go? Oh, I think I'm saying this out of order. I'm a little tired. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. I think I'm saying this out of order. Anyways, in this season, we're talking about how you are about living your purpose. And for me, I've thought my purpose here is to just like teach people what I know about technology and this revolution that we're going through and teach them that it's, it's okay to make art and like, you don't have to be good at it, but I just believe that's what this generation is going to have to do when, when there's not a lot else to do. Cause I think they call this, this thing we're going through Mm -hmm. the great reset. And the, the company I used to work for is, is on the world economic forums website. You go there, they're listed on there. And so I just have, I guess a little bit of insight into what this great reset is. And this rev- technological revolution that we're going into, it's going to switch things up really, really fast. And I don't know if everyone's ready to make well, art. Well, no one's been and, given a um, chance to. Everyone so has like, always been told that art doesn't make money. So, like, families have banned children from doing art. So why, like, I think there's a lot more to that. It's like our creative centers have been shut down. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, it's and like and and then Ali, you, you we've talked about this many times, and then you have like sort of a purpose, like you were just saying, not necessarily coaching people. What, what did you guide. call this? I'm I liked what guide. you called it. Your new name for Earth Guide, lovely. <laughs> and then Josh, what what you said, I think it absolutely kind of brings it full circle because. I mean, it sounds like we all have similar goals, but at the end of the day, we do need to pour into ourselves like the most, right? We are, we should be the most important goal to have, like is to pour into ourselves. So I think that's really nice to hear you say that. And for our listeners to hear that because maybe they're kind of searching and wondering like, is it enough for me to just pour into myself? And it's nice to hear you say it. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's all you really need to focus on in life is making yourself I have to ask you a question. (laughs) Have you ever journeyed with psychedelics? Yeah, I was, I was extremely anti-drugs as, as growing up. So when I was 21, I had a cigar with my dad. That was like, that was it. Like I'd had a cigar. That was it. And then I was probably about 22. I had my first marijuana just with a mate Worst experience ever, completely body stoned. It was horrible. Couldn't even get a remote to the TV. 
you know, it was just oh, no. one of those things. And I'm like, and as my world developed more and more, you know, I was probably in my 30s. Yeah, I was in my 30s when I first tried MDMA. And I was still against it even when I was trying. It wasn't a great environment, but I thought, actually, this might be a good environment. I was with a whole bunch of guys, didn't have much masculine in my life, just my dad. And I thought, wow, why have we, why have we hidden this? Because I, I, I read Stealing Fire. What a book that was. It kind of really cracked my mind. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to give um, Cybercillin a go. So I gave Cybercillin a go. and yes. just journaled all the messages and things that came through from that and i got a lot of um a lot of interesting stuff coming through from yeah you're journaling oh i love it i've um i i have you heard of changa changa the mushroom uh no changa is like basically it's a smokable mixture of ayahuasca so it's like a bunch of different wow. plants mixed with dmt and like i have talked about doing psychedelics on our podcast quite often because it is something that has really opened me up um spiritually even more so that's why i had to ask you <laughs> yeah it's it's interesting because the world certainly the ayahuasca thing has been a huge thing for the world. And and I have never wanted to kind of step in and say it's good or it's bad or judge it. But at the same time, there's been a part of me that's gone, could I have handled all the stuff coming up all at once in such an intensity? And I think looking at it, I'd probably say no. Like it's been a, it's been a slow process for me certainly coming to where i am now and i'm like man could you have handled that all in one dose i'm like that could have shattered me see for me i've been really hard on my body so um like i had carbon monoxide poisoning low exposure about seven years ago for about eight months so i used to throw up every single day and i've had a lot of like medical kind of issues so i've found that the mushrooms and the journeying has really helped me um i am i also do smoke a lot of marijuana but it's it's um since i've allowed it in as like a plant medicine i've noticed that it's changed and i found now like i used to be like a really heavy drinker a child probably an a like a teenage alcoholic I would say and um now it's like I have no desire to drink this is the first time in my life I've I have alcohol in my cupboards that I have that is there you know and it's it's crazy how like once you start changing and you really start coming into your own and seeing the connection of life and loving yourself like how things change and uh it's really exciting that's why I love doing this work and I love um like I have to look into what you do because it's definitely resonating with me. I'm. <laughs> I want to read those journals. I have heard of people doing a lot of things. I'm just gonna say on mushrooms. Yeah. That's what you meant, right? Yeah, yeah. Psilocybin. Is that how you say it? Psilocybin. I want to read those journals. Those are probably really <laughs> they were, interesting. Um, just heavy, uh, heavy father archetype stuff coming through. It was quite interesting. Aww. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. And then you, when you said you did the MDMA in sort of a bad environment, do you mean you had? It was an extremely positive environment and a, and a, not what I, but a bad environment in terms of what I judged. So I I grew up with three sisters and um, actually we were away on a stag do 
for this. And I was like, probably not a great time to be oh, doing it's... your first time with these drugs. And um, funny thing was, earlier that day, I was literally in mud up to my thighs wrestling a guy who's like 6'10", <laughs> wearing, you know, wearing, he was wearing a pair of ladies' underwear pretty much. You know, it was like, what is going on today? However, being like quite reflective, I know it's quite funny, being reflective, I walked into that, I, I got called out from the group and I'd been bullied as a young kid and it really triggered me really hard. I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. And I just went out and went, you know what? I'm just going to go as hard as I possibly can. I'm going to ask him to do the same. And we wrestled for what was like maximum two minutes. It was the longest wrestle of the day. You had to get the sock off the other guy's foot. And that was the job. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's a real point. So funny. <laughs> I'd never had that in my life. And we walked away from that and we hugged and we kind of high-fived. And it was like, man, it's amazing how much I didn't realize how much we missed that for our masculine, especially for our men in our world. There are not many men's group where we turn up, two warriors turn up and they go, I'm going to beat you. And the other guy said, I'm going to beat you. And that is honoring the other person because it means I'm going to make you a better person during what we're about to do. I'm going to go so hard that if I, even if I lose, I've given you everything I've got. And that means when it comes to the whole theory mm -hmm. of that is that if you're in a tribe, and if I decide to only go half against my best mate, when it comes to the real day to fight, he's only going to be half as good to protect the, the woman, the children, and the tribe. So there's this real grounding, this real deep spiritual aspect to guys coming together and actually having it all out. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, and then after that, it was really weird. So, of course, we went off and we, we were just out in the middle of, like, on top of this little hill, well, not a hill, quite a big hill, in the middle of nowhere with this beautiful kind of old hut. And um, one of the boys had brought this MDMA and he said, do you want to, do you want to have a go? And I said, no, I'm okay. Thanks. And, and then I was like, yeah, cool. And then he was like, look, just to let you know, like, I'm going to be sober tonight and, you know, doing all this stuff. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, actually I'll take some, I'll just go sit and meditate. Can you come check on me in like 40? I'm like, cool. So he came in and then checked on me and I had a little bit more and I just sat, uh, uh, you know, I got with the guys for the rest of the night and it's just amazing experiencing what I've explained as like the river of truth that runs under everything. Like once you peel back everything, there's just one thing that runs underneath and that was just love. Like you just peel back everything and you go, holy mm. moly, doesn't matter who you are, I can love with this amount of love. This is incredible. Yeah. Oh, wow. That yeah, sounds so like an amazing experience. It sounds better than my first experience with MDMA. <laughs> yeah, I was just remembering my first experience. It was with a bunch of girls. And, like, the popular girls in high school. And it wasn't, like, the best experience. But then I remember going and sitting in front of a fish tank. And that um, was really cool. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I don't know. It was very, like, when, you're, when you can't be your I, real self. I was drunk at the bar. Like and the music came in. And I just remember being like, this is awesome. That's okay. <laughs> but now I bet you if I did it, it would be a much different aspect because I'm in a much different mind space right and I actually do see how they do help us expand our minds right absolutely but oh, it's so awesome we live in such a beautiful world and 
it, it really is it. Like, if you think we're living in shit, where well, we are living in shit. If you think it's beautiful, well, your world probably is beautiful. Not to say that shitty things don't happen. You just know how to deal with them better. Absolutely. I have no, I have no big moral to this story, but you reminded me of something when I was a kid. Like we, we used to. I have two brothers. And so I get definitely grew up with like a lot of masculinity around me and probably why I ended up working with machines and things like that. But, um, we had these old school, like they were probably made a hundred years ago today, these really old boxing gloves and they were suede leather and they had inside of them horse hair. Like that's how old they were. They were stuffed with horse hair. They were very old. And we had two pairs of them and we used to, um, like my brother's friends would come over and we would box each other. <laughs> it was so brutal. And I remember they would always make me fight my little brother. And I say little, but we're really around like the same age and like the same size. But I'm definitely like, <laughs> stronger than him or was back then. And I can remember punching him so hard that he like fell over. And I like started bawling my eyes out crying. And I don't know what the big moral is here, but it just really reminded me of like what of your story and what you were saying, like maybe it was a good thing I fought my little brother because he definitely made him tougher. I don't know. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, an unusual, it's an unusual thing that we've kind of lost in the world. It's yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Now yeah. kids aren't allowed to have any violence. We had to, we have to ask for permission for the gifts that I give to my nephews. Like, one year I wanted to give him mini yeah. sticks, like mini hockey sticks. Well, and that was too violent, apparently. <laughs> you don't. This year he's getting laser tag, my which is not My nephews literally want to wrestle on like the daily. They're like, "Will you wrestle yeah. me?" Yeah. <laughs> oh my <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> oh, it always comes back to YouTube for me. I was watching this video of like two boys. No, no, sorry, two girls wrestling. They're like five, six years old. And the little boy who's like three, that's the little brother of one of them, runs out and picks the other girl up and throws her off of his sister. It's really interesting. We used to have like, because we used to watch wrestling a lot when we were little. And like, I'm also like you, I'm one of three girls and there's one boy in my family. So we used to, but like we were, uh, um, we wrestled. We were like pretty rough, I'd say. So. We would like every Sunday like wrestle my dad in the living room. <laughs> Good. But then I'd go to school and I'd kick the shit out of kids and I'd get in trouble. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably 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 not. I was too thing, short to But do I was just very aggressive and like now I understand why. And like it was what I you know, it's the conditioning. Like what do you what do you and I've made it my life goal to change that to question the things that happen and like just because it happened to my mom or everyone else doesn't mean it has to happen to me right like we we choose that and I think there, like we need to just be more empowered right like people need to empower themselves more absolutely oh god you as you as two people who are in a good position to give other people life advice. What do you guys think, maybe for our listeners that are going through this or anyone who stumbles across our podcast, apparently across the world, domestic violence is up 80%. 
Why do you guys think that is? And because what do you people, think people don't do think they deserve that? any better. Like, it's what they've been known. It's what they've been taught. So it's like we get in these cycles that until we want to get out of them, um, it's going to continue. And I know there are situations where people don't have places to go, but there is resources. Like, I was in an abusive relationship three years ago. I told them to get the fuck out. You know? So... I just think when it, yeah, I think when it's up 80% I know in different countries across it's hard the to world, say it's because like, it's like, it's different here. We have a lot more rights. We have a lot more freedom. We have a lot more resources. So I can only speak to our experience here. I don't know other countries, right? Like it's, it's hard to say that. Yeah. Hmm. Have you heard anything about yeah, that in, in New Zealand, domestic- Josh? violence issues over here to be honest we have a huge amount of violence and let's be honest it's majority of the time yes it does happen to men but it's far more seldom and it's more men doing the domestic violence but the biggest problem is how i see it and we've kind of touched on some of the things that are the foundations to to break in the chain is we call them men but there is a large amount of us that are just kids walking around in big bodies that we call adults. No one's, the funny thing Mm -hmm. is you always, you develop physically without having to do any work. Most of us develop mentally, like majority of people develop mentally without having to do any work. Um, Most of us, a smaller percent, develop emotionally without having to do much work. It kind of, those are the kind of things that just happen through our life. If you don't develop spiritually, which is like, the thing that really makes you uh, an elder, then you, you, you're still a kid. The, the part of you that sits inside that big body is a child. And so you still have childish behavior, but the consequence of childish behavior in a, in a body that is big and powerful is, is grossly, you know, overlooked. And, I, I think one of the biggest things we've done is lost the wise man and the wise woman. I really love how you're um, like, you just explained that because one of the books I'm reading is adult children uh, from dysfunctional families, right? Yeah. Like we're living in a world where like hmm. um, there's been trauma and like we are stuck in trauma. And, and I, I just, the way you explain it is very, very, um, Wow, I need to like tell some people to walk, to like listen to this just to hear that. It's not it's not easy work as we said, mm, but if not. you really want a life that's fulfilled and you want to change what it is going to be for you and your kids and you want a better relationship, it's great. I, and like you said, often it takes somebody who's strong enough to say get out for you to actually reflect. And that's I look at the world now and it, it in its entirety and people are becoming politicized and they're looking at this and hammering at home. And I, I get caught in the, in the flow of that fear as well. And I just look and I'm like, wow, this year has brought so many things to my attention about myself that I would have missed entirely. And I would have just carried on without awareness. And I'm like, this is what the work is. And I watch, you know, I watch it in my partner. She'll trigger me one day and I'll be like, this isn't her fault, mate. This is yours. Like the, she didn't make you angry. You did. Go do some work. What is it that you angry? Have you done any? That's have you I'm done any shadow on. work? Are you on to shadow <laughs> yeah. work yet? It's, it's, it's pretty much all that I do now because it, it's the thing that moves the needle the most. Yeah, I. Uh... It's 
And what does shadow? It's literally that. What you're talking about. It's just that we give things a kind of fancy word for a a reflective time. Back to Doctor Quiet. Like if if somebody makes you angry, it's normally because that thing sits in you. So it's a mirror, right? Like it's a mirror. Universal law of reflection. Yeah, and that's it. I always. Who was I talking about the other day? I, um, love just you, real. I love that you said universal laws because this is the thing is everyone's being taught the law of attraction, but not the 11 other universal laws that go along yeah. with it. Yeah. And I, and I always think for me personally, where I've learned my most is the universal law of reflection. That's where I've done most of my work. I love and it. I love watch it. it continuously. So if someone were to start working with you, Josh, like what would that it, process look yeah, like? Yeah, no, absolutely. If you don't mind giving away your, <laughs> your, your secrets. The more people use this stuff, the better. I so, will probably use this. <laughs> well, it, it always starts, for me, it's a lot of assessment because if you're not assessing, you're guessing. So I always start with a real deep dive into somebody's life. And so, you know, you have on the very physical side for if a guy's filling out a form, he'll be looking at questions like, do you love yourself? Can you look in the mirror and say that uh, all the way down to, you know, do you wake up with a healthy erection in the morning? Like I look at every single aspect of somebody's life. And then I work into things like we call it the mother chakra to see which chakra is holding the most energy, where we need to move it, how I can do that with movement. And then I always start off with removing rocks wow. out of the backpack. So you know, throughout life, you add a rock to the backpack, you kind of forget about it and you just get weighed down and you wonder why you get more cynical. You wonder why life gets harder. You wonder why you can't move like you used to. You wonder why you can't get that career progression or, you know, those relationships that you want. And if you give people that ability to start removing some of those blocks, they automatically within one session, life changes. They're like, well, I just feel more amazing, like cool. And that gives you the chance to actually start, I call it, you know, opening up your heart again because people, we all listen to our minds. But to be honest, our minds are great for some things and the worst possible place to be in if, you know, if you're trying to do something else, it'd be like looking at a map of Canada while trying to drive around New Zealand. But this is what we've been taught. We've been taught to trust information (laughs) over our feelings, right? So. Ah, I love what you're talking about because this is so where I'm at right now. This is exactly mm. what I talk about, but you talk about it in such a different way. So I keep going, please. <laughs> I know. It sounds very nice and structured too. And yeah, I'm like, not it structured, loves, like, so please continue. <laughs> there's some real there's some real simplicity things as well. And I you know, I've got caught in the trap of going far more down the etherical path and then forgetting about the physical and realizing how grounded you can feel after going to the gym and lifting some heavy weights and not i feel fantastic i feel strong i feel grounded with the earth cool and then but people continue i I just it makes me sad when people come in and they might be overweight overstressed and they're like you know i want to i want to lose weight so they go to a boot camp and start doing interval training and six weeks down the track, their knees blown out, their backs gone, their relationships failing. They can't even turn up to work. And I'm like, you, you are working out all this time and your body's a biological battery. You need to work in. And at the moment you need to work in more than you need to work out because of where you are. And that is, that is a Mm -hmm. massive thing for people because we want, we want results. We want them now want to feel better now. 
And so somebody will go, I always say, um, like endurance sports, you know, people go for a long run. I'm like, yeah, what are you running away from though? They say, oh, it clears my head. Yeah, it clears your head because of the chemical endorphins <laughs> that run through your body. It's not necessarily a time that you're taking to reflect. You're just running away and making yourself feel good. People are, oh, you know, and they, I'm like, why don't you work in and actually sit with those things? And it, it's the world that we brought up in, as Andy said, like people want a state change. On the basic level, we want to control how we feel. We want a state change. And you can shortcut that by doing jumping jack, standing in a power pose, screaming at the top of your lungs. And I'm like, yeah, that's all cool and fine. But the real work is like, why do you feel that way in the first place? Mm-hmm. Why, why do you have these thoughts? What are you ignoring? Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That sounds like a wonderful program. Um, and how, okay, so sorry, this is a little bit about self-promotion. So how do people I get keep my life as simple as humanly possible. <laughs> and I, have, I just have my personal page on Facebook. That is me. That is my business because I don't like separating. Mm-hmm. I don't have a mask for my business. And I love another it. One life. I love it. <laughs> so Josh Hamilton that's off memory. Yep, I really one. hope I got it right. Josh Hamilton. And, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I There's think only one way Facebook, to spell Hamilton. Just Facebook forward slash josh.hamilton.coaching. <laughs> and that's that just straight dot coaching. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, you got to send I it can to send me. it to you too follow. if he doesn't. I'm sure it'll show up. <laughs> <laughs> I will for sure. And now I need to know, are you into, are, on? are you on the crypto like, wagon, Josh? Because I have gone on the wagon, I'm on the wagon. hard. <laughs> in the last, in the last, the crypto wagon? Was it, to 20, 2018, I was in, hang on, gosh, no, 2019, I was in Bali living there for a bit and an old chicky, who, Paul Chick, we call ourselves chickies, <laughs> reached out to me and said, hey, look, you know, do you want to invest in this stuff? And it was all gold and stuff like that. I started there and I worked my way in. And it has been one of the things you kind of mentioned before of you were talking about machinery. And I just went, there's an unbelievable world of abundance out there when you start to look. And crypto has been one of those things. And it gives oh, the whole Lord. world... So oh would you field. say and that's what I love easier about it. when you're like working with people from other countries? Yeah, all my clients are, are not, well, I've got one Kiwi client. The rest are the UK, Australia, and America. And is that, okay, because that's like, that's one thing that like, oh, that's amazing. I've thought about is like, how do you go international with money, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Okay. Crypto. Do they pay? Do your cl- oh? Never mind. No, <laughs> but whole, but I guess that's how it opens it up, right? Is by <laughs> doing something like that, it helps you reach a greater audience. I mean, that was the whole pandemic thing. Just made me look, Josh. Where do you where do you not have that much control in your life? Where do you want to have more control? Where are you feeling like people are getting manipulated? And I was like, wow. Look at the thing that people struggle with. You know, when I hop on a call with somebody and they tell me about their life and I'm like, you know, dying on the other end of the call thinking, God, I just want to help this person. And then they're like, look, I'm just flat broke. And I'm like, man, if, if I take on 10 people who are flat broke and don't charge them, 
my life is a mess. Like I'm just overworked and exhausted and can't run it. So I'm like, where's a system that allows people to make great money without having think, you know, and I look at the banks who give you like maybe 2% or not even that one and a half percent a year interest. And you can make 2% a day in like the crypto or Forex world, which they're doing anyway. The banks are doing that with your money. And I'm like, God breaks me. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's, I'm just starting to get into trading crypto. Like I'm just getting into it. And you can oh. make like you can okay. make so much money well, in one day. Maybe yeah. I'm going to have to get into this because <laughs> I'm in the process of shipping something to Australia and some shipping something to the states. So yeah, yeah. it's a, there's so many amazing opportunities. You do have to be careful of the scammers; well, they are right. But just do your just due diligence, like with everything. It is kind of difficult to cash in in Canada right now, though. So it's easy to build yeah. up your crypto wallet in Canada because, well, that part's easy. But cashing out crypto is uh, still. Do you have a crypto a card that you just use like a Visa, but, like, a, um, like a debit card? Not yet. You need, I'll, I'll send you something no. that is absolutely epic. <laughs> is do they have that? where you are oh i can't wait like, to learn about it they've set up basically we call them the people's bank and they are their own they are their own everything from heavy metals to um cryptos to all kinds of different things and yeah and they've got their own um card which is bluetooth card for your you know your blockchain security but also you can use it at the corner dairy for like scanning up just buying stuff so it's the world's moving fast cool. and it's yeah yeah right <laughs> i need to learn about this can't wait to learn about it yeah. that's so cool and now our that's listeners cool. know the right guy to talk to if they want to learn about it too yeah. Josh. Thank you so much like this coaching has honestly on Facebook. been awesome cool hi fantastic to talk to you and connect Hopefully our other guests that have been on are listening. Yes, it's been like, what, the best yet? Let's just say it's been the best yet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we said that to the it's last guest, too. We just awesome like to tell people. people. Like, honestly, like, no I think that's just the thing. Really is amazing. Like, just realizing, like, there's so many people out there. And, like, it's so much bigger than just here. Yeah. I, I went to a little, you love this, because I went to a little primary school film festival the other day. And a girl stood up and goes, there's 7.8 billion people in the world that's a lot of friends to make <laughs> you're right kid you're right Aww. i love kids man like yeah. my nephews have been such a huge good part of my everything yeah i have a little handwritten pick a picture of a handwritten note from my nephew that says Thank you for the card. No. I really liked the message. No. And I'm like, my heart just grew like eight they sizes. Just have a I was wave. like, oh my gosh, you're so adorable. <laughs> I really <laughs> liked the message. They just like, have a way. Okay, you're I deep. You. Like, Seven-year-old. <laughs> oh, I know. Okay, y'all. Josh, thank you awesome. so much for being here. I'll make sure I send you the recording when it's available. I may or may not edit this episode. I think awesome, girls. Have a wonderful to connect and enjoy your Christmas and the festive season. Okay. Hope you you too. Oh, 
Right. Thank you so much. Same to you. Happy holidays. Bye. Christmas. Okay, talk later.